Hello and welcome to the Christian Information Podcast. Today we have a special guest all the way from Bangkok, Thailand. Uh, Keith Nigenfine um, is a missionary over there and I'll let him introduce himself. But um, long story short, he's one of the people that we support because we believe um, he's taken the gospel um, to the whole world. Or not the whole world, but at least Bangkok, um, which we believe is like the Great Commission. Like that's a huge deal. Like that's Jesus' command to us and, um, at the end of his time on earth. Um, and so, Keith, can you tell us just a little bit about how you got into missions and what you're doing now? Um, just a brief bio. Yeah. So, um, you know, missions uh, was always kind of something that was on my radar. And I think, you know, although that I felt a, a call to missions um, in some way, to me, what was even bigger than that was simply um, me looking at my skill set as a person, uh, who I am, what my skills are, what I enjoy doing. Uh, what I feel gifted in and saying, what's the most kingdom effective thing uh, that I could do with my life? And for me, um, at least at that stage, when we decided to come to the field, it was missions. It was bringing the gospel to those people who had virtually no opportunity to hear the good news. Um, So we came to Thailand. Uh, Thailand was not really on our radar. We wanted to do church planting in Southeast Asia. And the alliance kind of looked at Thailand and they realized that Thailand was still roughly around 1% Christian. Um, So they said, would you guys be willing to go to Thailand and serve there? We said, okay. Um, So our first term, we did two years of language study. And after we finished those two years of language study, we moved up to the rural area of Thailand, which is called the Isan region. Um, And we helped with two church plants up there. Uh, We kind of plugged into the local community, um, worked with the local schools, and helped kind of establish two churches up in that region. That's awesome. And can you tell us a little bit just about um, that process of of considering missions, considering going overseas? What was that like for you and your wife? Like, were you guys married at that point as you're processing through that? What was it like for her as you guys are deciding this? Yeah, so what was really cool was um, I met Sarah. This is, It's kind of weird. But anyways, I met her at a pool party, and uh, I, I thought she was <laughs> Classic. Nice. And I was talking to her friends afterwards, and I was like, yeah, who's this Sarah girl? Like, she seems really nice, you know. And they're like, yeah, she's really cool, and she wants to be a missionary for the rest of her life, too. So um, that one worked out pretty well uh, from the start there. But, um, yeah, uh, so I don't, know, I don't know how far in depth you want me to go with all this stuff, but one of the big things is, you know, um, we wanted to do missions, and then we also really felt like when we looked at all the organizations out there, all the groups, we really wanted to go out with the Alliance. Um, and to go out with the Alliance is a little bit of a process. Um, so you have to finish your undergrad. Uh, when I went out, you had to do a master's as well. That's no longer the case. Um, but then you also have to serve two years of full-time ministry. Um, so we pastored in Southern California, um, for two years, uh, actually three years, um, after grad school. And it was just a really good time, I think, of confirming, um, and kind of weeding out people who just are like, I don't really want to go. And it kind of was a confirming thing for us just to um, mm. continue to push us towards the mission field. But we always had that end goal in mind of going overseas. Mm. Dang. And now you got a couple of kiddos? Yep. We have two kids, uh, Lauren and Margaret. Lauren's six years old. He was 11 months when we went to Thailand. And Margaret was uh, born in Thailand. Um, and she's three. So. Well. So give us, uh, maybe could you, I know this is asking a lot, so you spent your first four years, we want to spend a majority of our time kind of catching up on uh, what you're doing now, but for your first four years over there, when you're in more northern Thailand, um, 
can you just give us a little bit more elaborate on just kind of what that was like any stories or or just kind of um yeah what your experience was like a little bit while you were up there Yep. So we moved up to a town called Sokonokon. And Sokonokon is like a city. I use that term really loosely. Um, it was more of an aggregation of people around 70,000 people. Uh, this town had roughly, I think they had three churches uh, before we went to that town. The largest church had 30 people. So you can do the math of the unreachedness um, of that town. So that was one of the oh. church plants that we helped with. And then another church was in an area called Sisongkram. Sison Kram was a kind of a rural community. It had roughly 14,000 people all spread it out kind of throughout the province. And um, the closest church was about 40 kilometers away. So there was one couple. He was a rubber tree farmer and she was a uh, hair cutter. And they were commuting to this church. It was actually an alliance church about 40 kilometers uh, away in a different village. And um, everyone kind of decided, why don't we use these people as kind of the people of peace? Um, to help start a church in that town. So um, daily life there was just kind of unpredictable. It's kind of like you just do whatever you can to get the gospel out. So one of the things I did, um, we actually had a City Light team come and help us, um, the local high school uh, in Sisongkram. They came up to me one day and they're like, hey, you're white. Can you come teach English at our school? I'm like, <laughs> I, don't really, I don't really know that qualifies me to teach English. Um, but tell you what, uh, I will come to your school every week and I will teach. Um, but I'm not just going to teach English. I'm going to teach about, I'm a Bible teacher, not an English teacher. So I will come once a week. Um, but we're going to study the Bible together. I'm going to teach these kids about Jesus. They said, cool. If it's free, come do it. Um, so, uh, I, I, I taught at this local high school once a week, every week we would read the Bible together. Um, these kids learned, Christian songs. I'd pray over them. And then we'd even get short-term teams as well to come in and just love on these kids um, and share the gospel with them there as well. That That's crazy. That is, that's awesome to hear. Um, yeah, just some of the work up there. And so you came back for a year to the States and then you went back to Bangkok. So can you tell us a little bit just of uh, how that kind of came about and kind of lead that into to what you're what you're primarily doing now. Absolutely. Um, so when we left Isan, we noticed that it was very difficult ministry, very dry ground. Um, and we noticed that basically everyone who became a Christian uh, became a Christian either when they were in another country or when they were in Bangkok. And so the, the common response you would get to people up in Isan was I would share the gospel with them. And they would say, I believe what you're saying is true. Like, I think Jesus is the truth. Um, I think it's good. I see the benefits of Christianity. I see your family. Um, it seems like a good thing, uh, but I don't want to become a Christian. And for us, right, from a Western mindset, that's craziness, right? If something's true and if something's good, we'll take that. Um, but there were such strong cultural uh, barriers, social barriers, I think demonic barriers as well, Um that it was just very difficult ground. So we kind of thought, what could we do to meet them on a more neutral ground? Um, so we thought, Bangkok, right? A lot of the students from the local high schools, the best and the brightest will go to Bangkok to finish their studies, and then they'll eventually come back. Um, so we thought, maybe we should work with university students. This is a more receptive population. Uh, the second piece is I kind of wanted to be like, how could I not just be like, hey, I'm Keith the missionary, and how could I like have some type of organic relationship uh, with the people themselves? So what I did is I enrolled in a PhD program in philosophy and religion at a Thai university. 
in Bangkok um, in hopes of planting a Thai church there. So that's the background. So we always thought that we were going to plant a Thai church. That was kind of the, that was kind of the, we learned Thai, we're fluent in Thai. We've done all of our ministry in Thai. Um, the university that I started going to, uh, it's teaches in English. So even though the majority of the students at the university are Thai, uh, the instruction is in English. So you get a whole, it runs the whole gamut of people from a bunch of different nations. Uh, so we started a Bible study on campus. I started a Christian group. And in this Christian group, we started having people from 12 different countries come to this group. So we were like, we can't just do a Thai church and just the fruit that we were seeing was fruit of an international nature. Um, and when I talk international, right, usually when people say like international church or something like that, they're thinking like a bunch of like random white people from other countries, like European countries. Uh, in this group, we have nobody from Christian nations. In that Bible study, we started seeing people from Iran, from Nepal, from Burma and Laos and um, Thais as well. But we're like, we need something for all of these people. Like we need something that, that could... Uh, that could reach all of these folks. Um, so we started thinking, what if we were to open a center right next to the campus? Um, and we use it as kind of a community center. We do activities. Maybe we do English, but English for people who already speak English. Um, and also planted a church among these people. Um, so we talked it over with some people, prayed about it. Um, oddly enough, I think Andrew and I were talking um Literally that week, I think Andrew sent me a message and was just like, hey, we've been praying for you guys. Is there anything like financially or, you know, any needs you have? And I kind of chuckled and was like, yeah, I got something for you. Um, we need to fund a center for a whole year. <laughs> and uh, but, you know, I think it was really the Lord's timing. Um, so you guys came through um, with the funding for that center. Within a month, we painted it, redid it, um, kind of got the center up and running. And um yeah, that, that was kind of the birth of Alliance University Center. So what's it been like since you, you kind of got it, you got the building, you got it started, planted a church, give us some of the last maybe few months. Was that in, in February that you started it? Yeah, in February. So, you know, everything they teach you about church planting, like we basically did that wrong. Um, but I think, I think missionary, <laughs> like we, had, we didn't have connections, um, we built a bit, we had a, we rented a building and got a space before it came. We had no team. It was just myself and Sarah. Uh, but we were just like, we got to do something. You know, we got these people who's, who are at a Bible study. Hopefully they'll show up. Um, so we started it. We just threw a big party. Um, we threw out tons of flyers everywhere. I, I, as I said, Sarah and I were the only people on the team. So we're the only people passing out flyers. So they're just like, who is this random people inviting me to a party? And I don't know them. Um, so we kicked it off, and basically we've been running since then. God's just brought people in. So what we do is during the week we do English programs. Or as I said, our niche is we do English for people who already speak English. So we're not teaching English. And what that does is that helps us already be at a somewhat deep level with these people. So if we invite them to church, um, they already have a decent command of the English language. Um, so we do English events during the week. Uh, every other weekend we do a fun event, like a games or movies or things like that. And then we did a church plant on, um, Sundays and, uh, yeah, man, it's been going really, really good. We just feel like God's been really good to us. Um, we've had people come in from 
more than 15 countries. I would estimate we've had way over 100 people come through the center doors um, in one way or another. Um, but the coolest thing is, is that in these months, we've seen people come to Jesus. So mm-hmm. on a little bit before Easter, about maybe a month or so before Easter, we're starting a, a Sunday morning. So what we do on Sunday mornings, one of our keys is we keep it really short uh, because it's people who aren't used to church. Um, so we basically do coffee from 930 to 10, and then from 10 to 1045, we do a service. So we're always out front drinking coffee out on the street and inviting people in. So right about when the service was going to start, this guy walks by the center and Sarah opens the door and says, come on in. And he just walks in and sits down. I said, Sarah, who is this guy? Sarah says, I thought he was your friend. I'm like, I don't know who this guy is. So she just opened the door for some random guy and he just looked at her and just nodded and came in and sat in the back. So I'm like, what the heck? Anyways, long story short, on on Easter, that guy was our first guy to come to Christ um, in the center. Um, came to the Lord from mainland China. And so, you know, in mainland China, it's, it's very difficult to gain access into mainland China. Um, closed country. So he was our first. Um, two weeks after that, I was talking to another guy, another Chinese guy, um, about, I was like, yeah, that was really cool that he made a decision for Christ. And the guy said, why have you not invited me to accept Christ? I'm like, dude, I've literally told you every week that guy came up for an altar call. I don't know how you didn't understand, but long story (laughs) short, um, he accepted the Lord. And then this last Sunday, um, there was this guy, he was the first guy I met on campus, Thai guy. Uh, he said he was an atheist. He's in my PhD program, uh, studying philosophy at the school. And we would just meet, um, and have coffee together for months and months and months, started the church. He never wanted to come to a Bible study, never wanted to do anything, started coming on Sunday mornings. And um, one of the most faithful guys comes every week. Last week, he finally said, I think I'm ready to accept Jesus. I said, well, let's do it. He said, no, no, I want to do it next week, though. I'm going to be ready next week. I need to prep myself for next week. I'm like, oh, this is some shady, like, you know, saving face. He's not going to show up. When he left, I said, dude, if you don't accept Jesus, please, like, don't run from me. Like, you can still come on Sundays. Um, So this last Sunday, he comes to church. And, uh, you know, I see him. He's smoking in the parking lot. He's got one of those. What? what, He's, like, vaping in the parking lot out front of the church. (laughs) And I'm like, hey. It's, like, kind of one of these awkward, you know, like, so are you – you ready this week? He says, absolutely. I'm totally ready. So we went through the service after the service and it was really cool to have a communal thing. I had the two Chinese guys be some of the people to gather around him and pray as he accepted Christ. Mm -hmm. So, um, it's been really good. Yeah. So the Chinese guys, I've been discipling them every week. Um, they're growing in the Lord. This is our newest edition. So yeah, we're just really just grateful and just kind of, um, more than anything, just kind of at awe at, at what God's doing um, mm. and, and what doors that God is opening. Uh, we always wanted to be surprised, right? Like not stuff that like I had some creative game plan and the best strategy, but more like God's surprising us with things. And um, that's what's happened. So, Wow. Wow. That's amazing just to hear after like years of preparing and you guys just following like the leading of the Lord to see uh, just this fruit produced and these people coming to Christ. We appreciate mm-hmm. you uh, sharing that. What could you maybe share with us? Like what is on the horizon? Like, what are you guys running after next? What are you guys praying into uh, just to kind of give, give our people a better idea of what, what's coming. Great. Yeah. So, so things that we'd like to do, um, we'd like to, uh, 
We'd like to eventually do more Thai ministry. Um, so even potentially starting a Thai service, um, we'd like to, I mean, we're so new, you know, we, we've been at this for, I, yeah, February. What is that? Like six months. Um, so I think stabilization, I think just continual growth, um, stabilizing. Uh, and then we'd like to do more Thai ministry as well um, to see maybe even a service in Thai or some type of Thai small group start um, as well out of the church. Uh, we'd like to do that. And the goal as well would be eventually to get it running to the point where I could pass it off to somebody else, where somebody could come in as the pastor of the church um, and, and take it over. So to be somewhat self-sustaining. Why do you, why is that the goal? Why do you say that? I don't know. It just seems like the right thing. I, I it's just, cause we're not going to be here forever. Like we're missionaries, you know, we're not, yeah. mm-hmm. um, at this role we're in right now, we're not pastors. Like I'm not called to be an international pastor. We're called to be missionaries. And it would be great to see the church be able to support a pastor on its own and be able to sustain mm-hmm. itself on its own, mm-hmm. not somebody funded by the great commission fund coming in and, and, and running that church. So, and it's a really unique opportunity because we could literally have anyone from anywhere, you know, I mean, it could be a guy from, because it's in English that creates a really, somebody can come internationally, have an international experience, do international ministry and not have to slave for two years and study the language. So, um, Mm -hmm. Providence could send a pastor over and you guys can take over the ship. If only we had a church planning resident on this podcast, that'd be helpful. I'd love to know who that is if you ever find him. (laughs) What's that? I couldn't hear. Could you? Okay. No, on that point, could you help? Let's say there are people in our church that are listening to this. They kind of hear, you know, what God's done in your life. They're starting to hear some of the fruit and and their heart's kind of getting stirred for something like this. Can you just help give, um, I know you say you're not a pastor, but kind of uh, like a pastoral... Um, I don't know, just advice or counsel to somebody who's processing through a call to missions as, as they're starting to sense something like that. Um, how would you advise them to process through this? You talked about your own gifting and strengths and um, kind of you discern through some of that stuff. So could you just give maybe a minute or two just on how would you counsel somebody who's kind of beginning that process of uh, considering missions? Yeah, yeah. Um... I, I'm going to say so. Let's let's be. I'll be maybe a little controversial here in saying something, but I think I think we tend to overemphasize. I think we tend to overemphasize call, right? And I think like like we perpetually throw out this term so frequently. Like I am called to do this, and I would say that honestly, probably the majority of the people who say they're called to something, I'm not sure if they actually had like a like a defining call from the Lord, right? So Mm -hmm. I'm not sure, do I believe certain people are called to certain things? I absolutely do. But I'm saying like we have somehow made it that every Christian has to be called to one specific thing or you're not walking with God close enough, right? And I I don't think that's the case. So I would just encourage people that if you have a call, stick with that, sure. But, you know, even if you're like, sitting around and you're kind of like, am I called? Like, what does this mean? I would be like, you have a command, right? Like the great commission Mm -hmm. says, says go bring the good news to those who've never gone before. And God will be the one empowering you at the same time. Right? So I just think as you step out in faith and as you go towards that goal, if you have a heart for it, like go with it, like God will go with you. God will open up the doors and you won't Mm. have any regrets that you left. 
and did that. Mm-hmm. I can say like I've never had any time where I've stepped out in faith where I've been like, that was a bad move. I really wish I would have, yeah. you know, done what I just sat at home. So um, our journey, it's been tough. Like at times, like there's been a lot, there's been things that we feel like we've sacrificed, but I wouldn't change one thing about what we've done. So I would just say, go for it. And it's worth it. Mm-hmm. That is, yeah, that's helpful. Um, Keith, could you give a quick, as we kind of begin to wrap up, could you give just a quick uh, little bit on just how you and, and Sarah and your family are doing just mm-hmm. kind of spiritually? I know that being in Thailand can be difficult, as you just mentioned, at times and stuff. Just for our church, uh, as we pray and stuff for you guys, how are you guys doing just as a whole? Yeah, we're doing good. Um, I think everybody's been pretty sick recently, so you can pray for us. Just to, I've been, I'm the only one surviving, so everyone else is pretty under the weather. But um, I think holistically, we're 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 doing okay. So um, you know, I don't I don't think there's anything striking, but it's always we always need prayer. Um, we always nothing ever feels like it's a hundred percent. I think sometimes when you're in the field, like we are seeing some fruit, but we'd like to see more. You know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. Um, we feel like we're using our giftings, but we feel like we could use them more. Um, we, where we live is fine. There's no problems, but there's always better places, you know? So I think just just mm. um, helping us find our identity and our joy in Christ more and more as we're here, mm. I think, is a big is a big prayer request for us. So, Yeah. Mm, that's good, Keith. Well, thank you so much for giving us your time and uh, just giving us an update on what's happening in uh, Bangkok. Um, it's it's encouraging to know that um, that there's people uh, doing God's work uh, overseas and seeing the fruit of the gospel go forth, which is um, is kind of what it's all about, and it's really inspirational, even for me. Um, and so, thanks for sharing your stories, Keith. Yeah. It's, it's really, really yeah. Great. And I just want to say, um, you know, when when we're sharing these stories, right? I want you guys to perpetually realize, like, this is not like Sarah and I yeah. sharing what we are doing, right? But this is like what mm-hmm. we as the Alliance family are doing together. And, yeah. and more even specifically, like our relationship with you guys as Providence, like things that you're seeing here. I know that we know that we have guys from your team praying for us. Like we know that uh, we have people who've, who've given and have financially supported the Great Commission Fund and specifically our center. And so like um, everything we've done, it's, it's simply God doing it, of course. But at the same time, like mm-hmm. we are all in this together. So um, yeah. If something goes really bad tomorrow, like it's your guys' fault as well. So. <laughs> yeah, right. That's true. I love that. I love that. We'll, um, we'll share that. We'll, sh- we'll share the blame on you guys. We'll be like, Providence <laughs> didn't help us enough. That's why we burned out. <laughs> that's great. Well, that's good because we're sharing in all of your victories right now that's and all true. of your success and fruit. So right. we'll go both ways. Uh, well, hey, um, can I pray for? Can I pray for you guys right now? Of course, please. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Um, Father, thank you so much for the good work that you're doing in Bangkok, Lord. Um, we long to see the gospel go forth um, to all places of uh, the earth, Lord, to the darkest places. Um, and so thank you for people like Keith and Sarah who are making steps towards that. And thank you for um, church families like Providence who are supporting them in that journey. Um, and so, yeah, God, um, would you help us all um, to... to to move towards your commandment to go and make disciples, whether that's sending or whether um, that's going. Um, so, yeah, Holy Spirit, please, um, yeah, use even this podcast and these stories to inspire some people to one of those actions. In your holy name, amen. Amen. Yeah,